Welcome to Ink Drinkers, a literary tea party podcast where we discuss books and drink tea. Take a sip. It's hot. <laughs> Steaming. Take a sip. Look burn your that, mouth, please. Kill that steam. Please go ahead and burn your mouth. If I burn my mouth, I'm not going to be able to give an accurate description <laughs> of if I like it or not. All right, you can wait. Nope, here we go. And she's completely <laughs> plain-faced. We'll find out during the tea section how she likes it. <laughs> Hello, Marissa. Hey, Jamie. <laughs> it has been a doozy of a week. I know it has for you, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been just just an interesting, <laughs> challenging, yet character-building Character building is is a word for it, yeah. Um, you you know when your Monday starts out terrible, it's just it's just a harbinger of the week to come. And that's not necessarily true. No, but I, n- I had a feeling when I had a bad Monday, I was like, I bet you the rest of my week is going to be like this. <laughs> and so maybe I brought it on myself, but it was all rough. Yeah, it's it's been a rough one, um, <laughs> but you know what? You know what? It's the end of the week, though. It is. I'm, I'm just, happy that it's we Friday. We get to talk about books. We do get to talk about books, and tomorrow night I get to go see Andrea Bocelli with some awesome. of my family. Very cool. So I am excited Where about that. Where is he performing? In New Orleans. Okay. Cool. Yep. At the Sanger or the uh, Smoothie King Center. Okay. Actually. Oh, yeah, because he's a big deal. Sorry. He's kind of a big deal. Yeah, Sanger's a little too small. Um. <laughs> I thought the same thing though. I was. I assumed it was at the Sanger, and I really like the Sanger. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a cute little. Yeah. Cute cozy-ish. little theater. Cool. Well, that's really awesome. I can't wait to hear how that is. I'm sure it's going to be great. I hope so. Um, you're always the one that knows who goes first. I think it's. I think it's me. Okay, I was going to say me, but like it's fine. You know what? I can tell you really quickly. No, Ooh. you can't because your post doesn't correspond with the last episode we recorded. But I can see which one we <laughs> and did do the record. opposite. Okay, smart yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's it's me. you? Me. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Okay, well, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Please, Marissa, okay. tell me about your book. It is called Meant to Be by Emily Giffen. Have you read this? Have I read this? It was published on May in May of 2022. Then no, I have not. Okay. I've read one or two books by Emily Giffen. Wasn't a huge I know. Fan. You've told me that and okay. I remembered that. Okay. Um, so I have only read, I think, like the Something Borrowed series. Mm-hmm. And then I also read The Lies That Bind that came out years ago. And it's like a 9-11. Oh, interesting. It has 9-11. Um, Subject matter to it. Um, so this I thought was rather interesting whenever I read the synopsis. Um, so it's actually, it's not historic, it's not historical fiction, but it is history inspired. So this is kind of a reimagined retelling of JK, JFK Jr.'s relationship with his wife, Carolyn Bissett. Interesting. 
So um, I had knew a little bit about JFK Jr. already, and it, I mean, very yeah. little about like, Carolyn Bissett Kennedy. The um, extent of my knowledge is that they died in a plane crash right. in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, I knew a little bit more than that, but um, nothing, I, I mean, nothing major. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did look up as I was reading it, kind of read into their backgrounds a little bit more just to kind of understand how close to historically accurate it was versus, you know, if there was just a completely fabricated story. So before you go into mm-hmm. it, was there an author's note at the end of yes. this book? Okay. That's the best. Yes. It was really well done. Too. Okay, good. Um, <clears throat> so, so the... The main characters are Joseph Kingsley the Third. Um, he goes by Joe. Sorry, I'm smiling because it's like, wow, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, like it's supposed to be. A no, retelling. I know it is, but loosely based on their personalities. Right. And I'm just saying to have the names like match sure, up. Sure. With, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, and Kate Cooper, which is Carolyn mm-hmm. Bissett. Um, so Kate Cooper's storyline is completely. Not completely, but her home life growing up is opposite of Carolyn Bissett's. Like, okay. not even close. Like, when I looked it up, because I was like, I don't remember any of this, and it's not the same. But some parts of her career um, after leaving home um, are, are similar to the path that Carolyn took. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> Joe Kingsley's dad, Joseph Kingsley Jr., was an <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, but um, he was a national hero. He was an astronaut, and he ended up dying in a tragic accident. They were doing like a lift, like a, a mission, and it was supposed to be the last mission he was supposed to do. And something went wrong, and all the the three astronauts um, asphyxiated in the pod, like in the um, oh yeah. So this Ugh. was like years and years ago. He was three years old, similar same age as. Um, JFK Jr. was when um, JFK died, uh, was murdered. And so he, um, it's it's basically telling you about this American royalty family, the Kingsleys, and what he had to live up to his whole life with a father that he doesn't really remember and yeah. the, the memories that he had of him. He doesn't even know if they're true memories or if it's just things that people have told him. Um, and his mom, Dottie Kingsley... <laughs> <laughs> um, has been very <laughs> adamant uh, that he should walk in his father's footsteps and his image is supposed to be very important and he needs to um, take all of the responsibility that comes with the Kingsley name and, you know, live that way. And so he's always had this feeling of a lot of weight on his shoulders while the world watched him grow up and watched every move that he made, which... We were really young, so that's not, you know, I, I don't have a lot of memories of this, but looking back on it, after I did some research, he was in the public eye. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, it was like our American royalty, because right. like, if you compare it to the, the princes, um, you know, Prince Harry and Prince William, and what they have gone through in, in England, it's, I think, very similar. Right. 
Um, and of course, they allude to the Kingsley curse and all that kind of stuff. Of course. And it's all similar. So it's like he has other family members that they discuss that have different names, but they're you know who they are right. in real life. And it's the same type. They have the same storylines generally of like what happens to them for the most part. So his mother has aspirations that he's going to end up going into politics and all this stuff. He doesn't really know what he wants to do. Um, he... He's, you know, went to a prep school. He's very well liked. He's really charismatic. He has um, paparazzi, you know, every move that he makes, they're there. And he's kind of just, this is his life. And so he grew up like this. So for him, it's not that big of a deal. Or it's just something that he deals with, you know, like, what's he going to do? Yeah. So we do get the background of Kate Cooper's life. And it's really, um, she lives with a single mother. Her dad died when she was young as well. She doesn't remember him. Um, her mother has is a waitress, and she's really pretty, but she always dates guys that are huge jerks and don't stick around for long um, until she meets Chip, and Chip is a cop. Um, at first, they are really excited. Her and her mom have a super close relationship. She thinks that he's a really nice guy, and he ends up being pretty awful. Um, the mother still marries him regardless, and the rest of her childhood from, like, the age of nine until she's 16 or so is pretty terrible. Like, he is just, um, he's an abuser, physically and verbally. So, um, Kate is discovered when she's 16 by a talent agent who basically tells her, you know, that she thinks that she can make it in modeling, and she gets booked with, like, a really well-known modeling agency, which is similar to Carolyn Bissett. She was a model for a very short time and then kind of switched into fashion, um, which is what Kate Cooper does in the book as well. So in real life, Carolyn Bissett worked with Kevin Klein, and she was kind of like the face of that. I didn't realize that. And I then, really don't know anything yeah. about her. I know more about Bear, him. So her, her whole aesthetic was um, clean lines, minimalism, uh, like the white button down, the pencil skirt. Um, she always had a pop of red lipstick, not a I lot of makeup. Um, she had really pale blue eyes, really white skin, really long blonde hair. And she kind of had this signature look about her. Um, so she ends up, obviously, from the trauma of her childhood, not having close relationships with people. Um, she knows who Joe is because the world knows who he is. And she kind of always had this, like, childhood crush on him. But in regard to relationships, she's very aloof and knows that they're not going to last long and never gets attached. She is on a modeling shoot one day, and um, he happens to be walking his dog on the beach because they're in New York, and they're, like, not in New York City, but... Right. You know, and... Um, he goes up to her and starts talking. She knows who he is, but she's acting like nothing. Um, and then he asks for her number. And I'm not going to go into any other details about what happens. Um, it's really, I mean, you know, it's really their love story yeah. and how it plays out. And there are liberties taken, you know. Um, but there are some interesting dynamics with the family, just like... Um, the Kennedy debutante where you you feel the family relationship. Right. You can feel that same situation with Dottie and Joe, although Dottie is a little different from Rose Kennedy. She's Jackie Kennedy, and it, it's not as intense. Right. <laughs> um, 
but it's just interesting. It's interesting to play it out because you have them in your mind the whole time when you're reading, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting to write a book that's based on real life people, but you're not using the character, the real life names, but the character names are extremely similar. Like, it's just interesting choices um, being made. I'm not saying I'm for or against any of them. But. I thought it was well done. It was interesting. Like, it kept my attention for sure. Um, and I think the little bit of changes that she made made it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that he was pretty much a dead ringer for JFK yeah, Jr. Yeah, yeah. She less so. I think her demeanor and her look was all there, but her background story-wise was not. Um and it's a reimagining, so things play out differently in sure. certain situations than they did in real life. Um, but yeah, the author's note, I didn't know this about um, Emily Giffen, but she was a lawyer. Okay. So I guess it makes sense now that like knowing she, like the um, the lies that bind were about 9-11, like she writes about historical events in a lot of her books. And so... Um, she talks about how she's, she always had this storyline in the back of her head since the day that they died in the plane crash and that she had always looked, she'd been fascinated with the Kennedy family mm-hmm. from when she was little, um, cause her mother was, and they always kept up tabs about the Kennedy family over the years. And, um, she, she said, I just always felt connected to them like even though obviously she has no connection whatsoever and she's like when I moved to New York City and I became a lawyer I just like always thought I wonder if I'll ever run into him and Carolyn on the streets and she's like you know I knew where they frequented and I would never like talk to them if I saw them in person but it was just kind of always a thing about in back of my head like maybe I'd run into them and um she's like they really were in my mind like American royalty yeah and like the things that I thought he could have accomplished you know looking at it now like the whole family. Gosh, yeah. It's so sad. So she talks a lot about that. She talks about where she was when she found out and um, how it really like shaped her thoughts about her profession and um, becoming a writer. And um, it was interesting. I don't know. So I, she, I don't know. Her, her ties to it were, were interesting, the way she talked about it and her interest in it and how she followed the family and how she had always wanted to write this book. But up until now, she had not put put it all down yeah. um, into a story. Huh. So, um, yeah, it was kind of, she said, I, I always have been interested in stories that, um, you know, the the what could have been yeah. of stories. Yeah. I mean, that's always a, an interesting path to take for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Hmm. I mean, it was, I enjoyed it. It was good. Interesting. I liked that I got, that I that I was able to do research on the real people and see how things measured up. And I thought that was really interesting to like see these real people in real life and have these images of, of what this was. And then like certain situations that happened in the book that actually happened that were publicized to the media and like this frenzy and like all this, it's just kind of interesting, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, I enjoyed the Kennedy debutante. I've always been fascinated by the Kennedys too, like most of America. Um, but I guess I just wonder why not just use their real names and just make it kind of a fictionalized, like like the Kennedy debutante. And was. I think she could have done that. I don't know the real reason because it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't have added or taken away anything. Because in my mind, as I was reading it, I was just you like, were it's just them. thinking of them as yeah. Yeah. Well, she would have had to go more into 
I think historical reference, like historical situations with JFK, right? And, and she like, couldn't have taken as many about, liberties. She with couldn't the story have. And and stuff. So I mean, about, it makes sense. Yeah, but. Jackie Kennedy and like I don't know. There was just some, she, yeah. So, hmm, interesting. I don't know. Do I need to give Emily Giffen another shot just because it's a book about the Kennedys? We shall see. We shall see. Um, all right. The book I'm talking about is uh, actually I. I did a quote from this book an episode or two ago. Um, it's called Notes on Your Sudden Disappearance by Allison Espock. Don't know how to say that. Um, so it was an interesting book. It was very different, I guess, than a typical story uh, in that it's written in the second person point of view. Um, so Sally Holt is... It's the summer before her eighth grade year, and she is talking to her older sister, Kathy, who um, I think her older sister was going into her junior year of high school, so, you know, a, a bit of an age difference, um, and her sister, Kathy, has died, and so she's talking to Kathy sort of before, during, and after okay. her death, and kind <laughs> of... Part of it is kind of her like recapping things that happened in their lives and how things changed. And um, part of it is just kind of reminiscing and, and different things like that. Um, it takes place, most of it takes place over the course of the summer before school. But in total, it does, you do get to see like up to about 15 years after her death. Um, because we know that um, Sally has a boyfriend now and different kinds of things like that. Um, so Sally, um, and Kathy spend most of their summer at the local community swimming pool with their mom. Like that's just where they go most days. And that's where most of the small town goes most days. And there is a boy who works at like the little, um, refreshment stand, I guess, um, and his name is Billy Barnes, and Kathy, the older sister, has pretty much had her eye on Billy Barnes for, you know, since like fourth or fifth grade, and she's had a crush on him for a while, and he's a senior in high school, he's a basketball star, he's a stud, like, he's popular, everybody likes him, um, but slowly throughout the summer, Billy kind of starts to put his eye on Kathy. And meanwhile, younger sister Sally, who's, you know, she's the one talking the whole, narrating the whole book, um, she's kind of talking about, you know, well, when we fell in love with Billy, because Sally adores her older sister. So whatever Kathy loves, Sally also loves. Um, and they were like really close for their whole childhood. But now that, you know, Sally's still in middle school and Kathy's a junior in high school. It's like they're at different points in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so Kathy's kind of starting to pull away and Sally is still trying to hold on to that, you know, close relationship that they have. So again, whatever Kathy is into, Sally is just going to follow. So she's like, oh, yes, when we fell in love with Billy Barnes and when we started to like this and when we started to do these things, you know, just kind of recounting and reminiscing their their past in that summer. Um so again, we know that Kathy has died. We don't know how or why or when exactly. So part of it is 
a mystery and trying to get to that point of understanding what happened. Um, And part of it is a bit of a love story, I guess. Um, Sally, she's broken at this point. I mean, even 15 years later, her, you know, she's still broken from the loss of her sister and her, her parents are broken from it. And she comes across someone who's, who was also affected by the tragedy and they kind of, um, form a relationship, I guess. So it's, it's, it's that it's, um, I guess, reading the description I was kind of like okay this could be interesting you know but it was just really beautifully written and like there were certain sentences and phrases like the one that I had done as a quote um you know a couple episodes ago that just kind of like took me back and blew me away and I was like wow this is actually really like it's an interesting story but it was just really beautiful Mm -hmm. um and just kind of following their relationship and know like the two sisters relationship and just seeing how all of that played out and following the story and getting to the point of learning what happens. I don't know. It was just very captivating. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. I, I really didn't expect to. To like it as much as you Yeah. Did. Cause like whenever I was trying to decide whether or not to read it next, um, one of my friends texted me and was like, don't waste your time with it. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. And then I was like, Okay, actually, I'm glad I read it because I gave it five stars. I thought it was really, really good. Awesome. See, sometimes what works for someone or doesn't, you know, opposite for for you and for others. So I exactly. um, just really never know. Yeah. I went with my gut and I'm glad I did. All right. I haven't taken a sip of the tea yet. I know that you have. Let me give it a shot. So let's read about this tea. (laughs) Um, It's, I guess, so it's from the Ripped Bodice, which is a a bookstore. I can't remember where, maybe in Los Angeles? Um, I think it is in Los Angeles. And on the back? Culver City, California. So uh, it's called Why Talk When We Can Pine? And it says the top trope tea, so I guess it's just different tropes from books. Um, but it's also raspberry rosé. My friend Michelle actually sent this to me. And the ingredients are hibiscus, lemon peel, rose hips, rose petals, and natural flavor. Whatever natural flavor is. Don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. It's naturally occurring. Um, yeah, I think that it tastes better than it smells. I agree. The smell of it is medicinal. Yes. Um, I think that it's more heavy raspberry than it is rose. I get a lot of raspberry when I taste it. Yeah, I think it would be good iced. It would be good iced. I, I don't. I don't dislike it as much as I think you do. <laughs> I, I don't dislike it that much. It's just like the first sip is a little shocking to your it's senses. very strong and we, and Jamie on purpose, didn't put a lot of loose tea in the bags. And so to know that this steep tea is um, a little toned down is interesting. Um, it smells even brewed. 
Smells medicinal. Um, it does, but it really, there is no medicinal taste or aftertaste not. at all. It's just I don't have a real strong. problem with it, but it's not something I would brew regularly by any stretch. Agreed. But, but it would be nice for like an iced tea in the summer. It really would be. That would yeah, be really good. That would be lovely. Okay, well, we have our, our marching orders with this tea. We're going to try it again. And I think if you added iced. lemons to the iced tea as well, mm-hmm. like it kind of has a raspberry lemonade it does. feel to it. Or we could add some rosé mm-hmm. to it since it's raspberry. It's probably raspberry rose and I'm just calling it rosé. I think it's rose because rosé <laughs> has an accent. I know, but I just keep calling it raspberry rosé <laughs> and I'm sticking with it at this point. Okay. And I think that we should try this with some rosé wine. I'm with you. Let's okay. do it. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, let's move into our weekend and hopefully start the next week off on the right foot. Let's do it. I, I have a lot of faith <laughs> that this week is going to be better. It's going to be fabulous. We're going to get all the things done. All the things. All of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm up. I'm ready. It's going to be a great week. And so to that, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for the full list of books we discussed today. You can find that in your podcast app or on our website, inkdrinkerspodcast.com. And please support us by subscribing anywhere you listen to podcasts and leaving a review. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at inkdrinkerspod. Cheers. Cheers.